BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at bcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. It's going to be a news roundup day on the broadcast, and uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks to Sandy for getting so many stories all put together for us here today. Our apologies to the trees. Uh, We've got a lot of paper before us right now, and uh, my, lots of things to report today to remind us certainly of the troublesome times in which we live, and as we so often say, the importance of us Sharing the good news of the gospel in such a time as this. Very troublesome times in this world around us, but uh, let's continue to be salt. Let's continue to be light. Friends, we do want to remind you, and this from CBN News, that it's a common misconception that anti-Semitism was rampant during World War II and has been largely dormant since then until recently. But in reality, this could not be further from the truth. Uh, Rather, anti-Semitism has only been public lately. Its ugly undercurrent of hate and violence and conspiracy theories have always been with us. But this current truth doesn't have to be our future reality. Today is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. It's the anniversary of the liberation of the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camps that uh, were by Soviet troops in 1941. Uh, this uh, that that's the liberation by the Soviet troops. This day is an opportunity for all, especially Christians, to stand with the Jewish people in the face uh, the memory of one of the worst atrocities in human history. As we face the memory, we can help create a future where anti-Semitism isn't prolific and largely ignored, but instead eradicated. Uh, the purpose of the International Holocaust Remembrance Day is uh, twofold. Uh, the commemorative day not only recognizes the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau, but it also invites the world into the Jewish practice of looking back in order to move forward. Very interesting indeed. And uh, so we cause you to remember and uh, certainly uh, never want to see this happen again in human history. Uh, according to a study, this is from CBN as well, uh, published last week in advance of this year's Holocaust Memorial Day, Nearly one-quarter of Dutch adult millennials and the youth of Generation Z believe that the Holocaust is a myth or that the numbers of those who were killed by the Nazis is inflated. A large minority of Dutch respondents believe that fewer than two million Jews died in the Nazi era, even though 70% of the Netherlands' Jewish population was killed just before and during World War II. Hot Air is reporting that the United Arab Emirates is rapidly becoming a friend of Israel and to the Jews thanks to the Abraham Accords. The accords that were negotiated by the Trump administration along with Bibi Netanyahu normalized relations between Israel, Bahrain, the UAE, uh, Sudan normalized relations soon after, as did Morocco. Uh, In what should be uh, seen as the momentous events, the UAE is both integrating the Holocaust into its school curriculum and ground has been broken on a new Jewish school in Abu Dhabi. It was announced on Twitter by the Israeli ambassador to the UAE. The Daily Signal reporting that just weeks after the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago that the U.S. intelligence community announced it would do an assessment of the risk to national security posed by former President Donald Trump maintaining records at his private home. But there was no similar announcement forthcoming about the classified information stored at President Joe Biden's private home in Delaware and at the Penn Biden Center. The Justice Department has been aware of the discovery of classified information at the Penn Biden Center since November. Just the News reporting that Wisconsin GOP Senator Ron Johnson and Iowa GOP Senator Chuck Grassley have demanded that the National Archives provide information about its involvement, knowledge, and role in the discovery of classified documents at various locations occupied President Joe Biden after he left the presidency. They've given a February 2nd deadline to uh, be provided with the information and timeline. The Hill reporting Senator Tom Cotton, a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, said he and other Republicans will hold up President Biden's nominees until the administration shares with Congress the classified documents seized at Biden's Delaware home and Washington office and former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. 
Uh, Cotton avowed that there will be pain until the Biden administration shows lawmakers what classified documents the president and former president held outside the proper security protocols, warned that Republicans could also hold up federal funding as leverage. And CNSNews.com, former Vice President Mike Pence notified the National Archives last Wednesday that a small batch of classified documents were found last week at his residence in Indiana. According to Pence's lawyer, the documents were inadvertently boxed and transported to Pence's home at the end of the Trump administration, and the former VP was unaware of the existence of sensitive or classified documents at his personal residence. Vice President Pence has directed his representatives to work with the National Archives to ensure their prompt and secure return, said his attorney, Greg Jacobs. Looking at CNN, uh, yes, CNN, the National Archives formally requesting former presidents and vice presidents to recheck their personal records for any classified documents or other presidential records. And uh, they're going back through six presidential administrations back to the time of Ronald Reagan's presidency. The Washington Free Beacon tells us the Biden think tank at the University of Pennsylvania, where the president stashed classified documents, didn't just have lax security. It also hosted events in partnership with organizations that promoted closer engagement with China. The Washington uh, Washington Free Beacon has learned they had uh, hosted a two-day boot camp for congressional staffers in June that encouraged closer ties with China on issues like green energy and academia, according to a source. One of the organizing groups has an advisory board member who served as spokesman for the controversial Chinese uh, uh, Chinese tech giant. The event was held as anonymous donors from China have poured millions into the University of Pennsylvania. The Daily Caller tells us authorities uh, charged a former special agent in charge of the FBI's counterintelligence division in New York and a court interpreter with breaking sanctions to work for Russian oligarch Oleg uh, Deripaska. The Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office announced on Monday. Uh, Newsmax is reporting a President Joe Biden nominee for U.S. District Judge for the Eastern District of Washington said she did not know basic questions about constitutional law when quizzed in the confirmation hearing on Wednesday. Senator John Kennedy got his turn and asked the Spokane County Superior Court Judge uh, uh, Charnel uh, Belkengren about the Articles of America's Founding Documents. Things got off to a bad start when Kennedy said, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Uh, she said, well, Article 5 is not coming to mind at this moment. How about Article 2? Kennedy responded. Well, that didn't come to mind for her either. By the way, Article 5 describes the process of amending the Constitution. Article 2 explains the executive powers of the U.S. president. From the Epoch Times, the Epoch Times House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has selected two of the 20 Republican holdouts who delayed his election as Speaker to serve on the House Rules Committee. Uh, Representative Chip Roy and Ralph Norman, both members of this, uh, the House Freedom Caucus, will serve on the influential panel. The House Rules Committee, one of the chamber's oldest standing committees, often seen as the Speaker's Committee, it's a 13-member panel that is typically dominated by the Speaker's allies and effectively decides which pieces of legislation will be considered on the House floor for a vote. Well, House Speaker McCarthy on Tuesday officially rejected Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell for seats on the House Intelligence Committee after uh, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries nominated them last Saturday. McCarthy has publicly stated that he wants to remove Schiff and Swalwell from the panel, arguing that Schiff has lied to the American people and that uh, Swalwell's past connection to a suspected Chinese spy makes him a security liability. And uh, friends, I'd like to just air a brief clip here from uh, Kevin McCarthy as he addressed this very issue when, when confronted by a reporter. Here's what he had to say. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, 
He came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel, because it goes to the national security of America. And I will always put them first. All right? Representative Adam Schiff vowed revenge on House Speaker Kevin McCarthy after he kicked the Democrat off the House Intelligence Committee. Schiff tweeted out, if he thinks this will stop me, he will soon find out just how wrong he is. I will always defend our democracy. Well, the Daily Caller reports that Schiff announced Thursday that he'll be running for the U.S. Senate, saying our democracy is at risk because GOP leaders care more about power than anything else. And because our economy isn't working for millions of hardworking Americans, we're in a fight for our lives, a fight I'm ready to lead as a California's next U.S. senator, he had uh, sent out. CBN News reporting, although the uh, abolish the IRS, that's what some Republicans are calling for. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's efforts to secure the needed support from his party to be the leader, he reportedly promised members of the House Freedom Caucus a vote on a bill that would replace the current federal tax system, including the income tax, with a national consumption tax, which could lead to the end of the Eternal Revenue Service. Uh, while Democrats and President Joe Biden are working to boost the IRS by hiring some 87,000 employees over the next 10 years, Republicans are moving in the opposite direction, introducing their bill that could do away with the agency entirely. The measure is called the Fair Tax Act. Washington Free Bacon, uh, Nancy Pelosi and her multimillionaire pres- husband uh, sold up to $3 million in shares of Google in recent weeks, just before the Biden administration uh, launched its antitrust probe of the tech giant. Paul Pelosi sold some 30,000 shares of Google in late December, according to Financial Disclosure. And uh, the Pelosi's made an undisclosed profit from the investments, according to the filing. Well, the timing proved, uh, the trade proved very timely. As Monday, the Justice Department and Attorneys General from eight states, including California, sued Google over its monopoly on the digital ad market. The trades are the latest in a string of questionable transactions for Paul and Nancy. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley on Tuesday introduced, listen to this, the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments Act. You know what that is an acronym for? It's called the Pelosi Act uh, to prohibit members of Congress and their spouses from owning or trading individual stocks. Okay. also, the Treasury Department has uh, denied a House Republican request for information on Biden family suspicious financial transactions, reports OANN. That's One American News Network. Earlier this month, Representative James Comer was chair of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, requesting reports on activity by the Biden family that were deemed as suspicious. Well, the letter was sent to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen January 11th and was rebuked on Wednesday. The Treasury Department's reasoning was that it needed more information from the committee and the reason behind its request and also what it planned to do with the information. Well, the Republican denounced the decision by the Treasury saying that it was an effort to hide information about the president and his family and that this will uh, move, it will not stop the investigation. Friends, we're going to take a quick break here on Crosstalk. We've got much more news after the break. Stay with us. This is Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what formed Utah's Great Salt Lake? Chris, the Great Salt Lake is much more salty than seawater because it has water coming in but no rivers leaving the lake. Whatever dissolved solids come in stay there, and as the water evaporates, the lake increases in solidity. It turns out that Salt Lake is really just a leftover remnant of a much larger lake called Lake Bonneville. When the great flood of Noah's day drained off the continents, in places water ponded and became inland lakes. 
Most of these lakes have since drained either through evaporation or through catastrophic failure of the natural dams which were holding them in. Lake Bonneville evidently drained northward through the Snake River Canyon within the last few thousand years. Chris, all the evidence fits that back-to-Genesis truth of Earth history. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. It's a Friday news roundup. Lots of uh, issues taking place around the country and, yes, even around the world. And uh, just continuing here from the Epic Times, President Biden will veto a House Republican bill that would restrict the release of oil from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve Emergency Reserve. Uh, that was said by Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm on January 23rd. House Republicans, led by uh, Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington, introduced the legislation known as the Strategic Production Response Act, H.R. 21, uh, earlier this month. Now, the secretary also, Jennifer Granholm, was asked uh, Monday of this week that since President Biden took credit for the decrease in gas gasoline prices some time ago, should he not also take now credit for the increase? Um, but she claimed Monday that international and climate events were to blame for the price increase at the pump. Let's just listen to that exchange that took place. So gas prices are now up 33 cents over the past month. Um, the president took credit for the prices coming down. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve, as you mentioned, is no longer releasing. Does the president get credit for the price of gas going up? Well, it's obviously based upon international and climate events. So, for example, winter storm Elliott pulled 2 million barrels off the U.S. market because of refineries that went down. That crimp in supply causes prices to go up. What happens in China? Are they going to be opening up soon? Is there expectations regarding an increase in demand? That is something that happens on a global market. The whole point of this is that this Strategic Petroleum Reserve is a tool that we have, that we can control. We may not be able to control the weather. We may not be able to control what happens at OPEC Plus or in China, but we can control what we have access to, and that's why this tool is so incredibly important. We'll see what happens uh, with respect to the price of gas. We know that there are still refineries that have been pulled down both for uh, maintenance as well as because of, uh, of, the, of Winter Storm Elliott. Um, but in the end, uh, we think it'll it'll be balancing out soon. Very interesting. No, it's not our fault. It's the environment. It's what's happening with other countries. But yes, we take credit for when the price drops. Okay, PJ Media says the petrodollar, a term described uh, describing the post-World War II global system of trading in oil almost exclusively using the U.S. dollar, has literally built and buttressed the U.S. empire for decades. Saudi Arabia has long been a stalwart supporter of the U.S. petrodollar, which it adopted in exchange for security provided by the dominant U.S. military. But that arrangement may soon change via TVP World. They're reporting that Saudi Arabia, the world's largest crude oil exporter, is open to discussing oil trade settlements in currencies other than the U.S. dollar. Saudi Minister of Finance uh, told uh, media outlet Bloomberg in uh, Davos, um, and uh, if the Saudis were able to open talks about oil trade arranged in non-dollar currencies, it could represent a significant threat to the current dominance of the U.S. dollar in the global oil trade. Ghana recently announced intentions to purchase oil and gold instead of U.S. dollars moving forward. Uh, Russia, China, Brazil, India, and South Africa, uh, the BRICS nations are... Uh, uh, reportedly cooperating to develop a new global reserve currency. Interesting, folks. Keep your eye on this. The Arab News is reporting that the Saudi Central Bank, also known as SAMA, is uh, carrying out experiments with a central bank digital currency in cooperation with other financial institutions and fintech firms. That's uh, reported by the Saudi Press Agency. The project is in line with measures taken by central banks around the world to issue widely accessible digital coins to ensure privacy and financial security, they report. Uh, SAMA is currently uh, studying the economic impact, market readiness, and potentially effective and swift applications for payment solutions using direct uh, using digital currency, the SPA report had added. Well, the New American is now reporting that Brazil's new Marcus, uh, Marxist president, 
Luis Inacio da Silva, is uh, wasting no time strengthening the economic ties with his biggest South American neighbor, Argentina. This week, Brazil and Argentina will announce the creation of a common currency, which would eventually bring about the world's second largest currency block after the Eurozone. At a conference in Buenos Aires, Brazil, and Argentina intended to uh, invite other South American countries to participate in the new currency, which Brazil wants to call the SUR, uh, S-U-R. The new currency would uh, at first be issued alongside local currencies with the goal of eventually becoming the only currency for the four countries making up the uh, Mercosur uh, trade zone. That's uh, Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay, and Paraguay. Let's see, another topic here, the Daily Signal and what some are calling a victory for religious freedom. Elementary schooler Lydia Booth, now 11, will be able to wear her Jesus Loves Me face mask to school if she she uh, chooses. Following two years of legal proceedings, the settlement's been reached between the Simpson County School District in Mississippi and the attorneys representing Lydia. No student should be singled out for peacefully expressing her religious beliefs. Tyson Langfeller, Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel, said in a statement Wednesday, ADF, a Christian lead legal aid organization, filed a lawsuit against the Simpson County School District in 2020 on behalf of Lydia. She was nine at the time. She was told she could not wear her Jesus Loves Me mask to school, though other students were allowed to wear their messages, including Black Lives Matter, on theirs. From the vaccine reaction, the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers in New York has been overturned by the New York Supreme Court, which found that Governor Kathy Hochul and the New York Department of Health exceeded their authority when implementing the vaccine mandate. Siding with the plaintiff's medical professionals for informed consent, Judge Gerald Neri ruled that the vaccine mandate was null, void, and of no effect. Fox News is reporting U.S. service members who were fired for refusing to comply with the Pentagon's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Well, they're being forced now to pay back their original recruitment bonuses. And uh, some are calling it a kick in the face. Uh, Truly troubling. Uh, One soldier had a contract with the Army for six years, received a $7,000 bonus. However, because he fell short of the six years, the military notified him that he owed the government a prorated amount of slightly over 4000 In order to pay it back, he ended up having to sell 60 of his unused vacation days to cover the amount owed. Uh, but uh, soldiers who have been uh, said you have to leave the military now are being uh, punched in the face, so to speak, by having to return their signing bonuses. Western Journal is reporting a college freshman collapsed and died this week while exercising on campus. Uh, According to a statement from the university, we're talking about the Grand Canyon University in Phoenix. 18-year-old Stephen Spellman became unresponsive during his workout on the campus, and attempts to revive him at the scene were unsuccessful. He was transported to local hospital, pronounced dead, and uh, troubling indeed, and uh, certainly we extend sorrows to the family, our condolences to the family, and tragically, Situations are happening all over this country uh, from athletes and and, uh, individuals uh, uh, across this country who are just dropping over suddenly. Heart issues, cardiac issues taking place. The New American reporting that at least 7 million Americans have had their hearts damaged either by COVID or COVID shots. It's also within the realm of possibility that as many as 100 million Americans have developed some degree of heart damage, according to cardiologist and uh, attorney Dr. Thomas Levy. That includes American pilots who, even with abnormal heart rates, are allowed to continue to execute their duties. Do you know there are some uh, agencies uh, uh, looking for, uh, uh, you know, shuttle flights or or, um, uh, taking uh, excursions that they are requesting pilots uh, that uh, have not had the shot? Discussing his recent article, Myocarditis, Once Rare, Now Common, with Steve Kirsch, founder of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Last week, Dr. Levy maintained that as of right now, there's no way to put a precise number on spike protein-induced cardiac issues, but noted that the heart issues, and particularly myocarditis or inflammation of a heart muscle, are nothing like pre-COVID. The Telegraph is reporting that the North Korean capital of Pyongyang was placed under a five-day lockdown on Wednesday due to a rising number of respiratory illness cases. That's according to a government notice seen by the news outlet NK News. 
during the lockdown. Residents required to check their temperature daily. Also reportedly uh, included in the notice was a warning of capital punishment or banishment for family members of anyone caught spreading rumors or selling medicine on the black market. Did you see the story on the doomsday clock? American Military News reporting that the doomsday clock moved forward to 90 seconds to midnight on Tuesday, largely over the increased risk of nuclear escalation amid Russia's nearly year-long invasion of Ukraine. The symbolic countdown clock is now the closest it has ever been to midnight. That's a metaphor for a global catastrophe. The clock is set annually by the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientist, a non-profit organization. And speaking of warnings... World Economic Forum executive is warning of a catastrophic cyber event. Yes, the globalist WEF, the World Economic Forum. I'm looking at a story here from LifeSiteNews.com. Has been preparing for a cyber pandemic for years. The managing director of the World Economic Forum has warned that a catastrophic cyber event could happen in the next two years. Another crisis that can be used certainly by the globalists for more centralized control and private-public partnerships, someone had uh, tweeted out. Jurgens based his statements on a recent survey among cyber leaders and business leaders highlighted in WEF's Global Cybersecurity Outlook 2023. So, folks, we were warned about, you know, the meetings happened for a pandemic, and the pandemics came about. Meeting held about uh, a monkeypox outbreak, and that happened. We know of another pandemic meeting that was held just recently, and now being warned of a catastrophic cyber event from the World Economic Forum as well. Let's listen to what he had to say. First, it's around geopolitics. The most striking finding that we found is that 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of cyber business leaders believe that the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. This far exceeds anything that we've seen in previous surveys. Well, well, hang on to your hats. Washington Examiner is reporting that President Joe Biden's announcement Wednesday to send 31 high-tech M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine received all the appropriate attention in the media Thursday. But it was just a fraction of the millions of weapons, ammunition, missiles, and uh, even boats that the U.S. has dedicated to Ukraine's fight with Russia, according to a new list of systems shipped to the war-torn nation. About all that's not on the list provided by the State Department are aircraft, and Ukraine is asking for those as well. The package so far totals about $27 billion, according to state and congressional officials. It appears enough to arm a small army. Overall, taxpayers are sending some 80,291 weapon systems, vehicles, boats, and radars to Ukraine, including the 31 Abrams tanks. On the ammunition side, the numbers are huge. At over 113 million rounds of ammunition, rockets, and missiles. Just one example, the Pentagon sending some 1,094,000 howitzer rounds. While Congress has funded money to replenish the flood of weapons out of Pentagon's bunkers, some are concerned that the U.S. is depleting itself of key systems. The Washington Examiner's Brian York, for example, wrote yesterday that the U.S. is disarming itself to aid Ukraine. Zero Hedge is reporting that Ukraine is rocked by a corruption scandal with a wave of top officials resigning, some having sports cars, mansions, and luxury vacations as people suffered. The Ukrainian government Tuesday confirmed the resignation of multiple high-ranking officials amid large-scale corruption allegations, what's been called the biggest mass resignation and graft scandal since the Russian invasion began. Friends, I've got some more stories to share with you after the break. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. How much do you know about the end of the world? Have you heard of worldwide pandemics? Weapons of mass destruction, threats from Russia and Asia, clamor for globalization, hand implants for commerce and security, violent persecution. What about intensifying wickedness? All of this is predicted in the book of Revelation. In the book, the 50 final events in world history 
Author Robert Morgan simplifies what many have found complex, providing a comprehensive yet easy-to-understand overview of the book of Revelation, which translates the events of Revelation both literally and sequentially. Walk step-by-step through the prophetic events yet to unfold. The 50 Final Events in World History is available from VCY for a donation of $18 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. And uh, friends, as you know, just recently we interviewed Dr. Erwin Lutzer here on Crosstalk. His book, The Power of a Clear Conscience. And I uh, just want to give you a reminder that uh, this coming Tuesday is a deadline to get that at half off from the VCY bookstore, which is $6.99 plus any applicable tax or shipping. Uh, you can reach out to the bookstore at uh, vcy.com or by calling one 4829 That's one 4829 But uh, again, uh, Tuesday is a final day to get it at uh, that that price from the VCY Bookstore. It's called The Power of a Clear Conscience. Uh, as we mentioned, much going on in our world here today, and uh, this coming from the Euro Weekly News, and that is the U.S. is reportedly looking at a deal to facilitate the switch of Soviet and Russian weapons in Latin America countries to U.S. weapons as a way to encourage them to send military equipment to Ukraine. Uh, Russia has allies uh, in the governments of Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua, but other countries in the region have Russian military equipment. The U.S. is trying to persuade six countries to donate Russian military equipment to Ukraine and to replace it with American weapons. Well, there seems to be a famous buyer for billions in U.S. weapons that the Biden administration left behind in Afghanistan. Remember when the troops were ordered out, left behind hundreds of Americans and billions of dollars worth of U.S. weaponry? The Taliban took ownership. Now a report at PJ Media documents that there's a buyer, someone who wants to acquire all those guns and Humvees, even helicopters. Guess who? Vladimir Putin. The actual value of the arms and supplies Biden left behind when he abruptly ordered the pullout of American troops from Afghanistan is not known. What is known is that the figure runs into the billions of dollars. And those weapons now are on the negotiating table between Russian strongman Vladimir Putin and Afghanistan's Taliban government, according to at least one insider, the report explained. The official guess on the part of the Department of Defense is that some $7.12 billion in arms was handed over to the Taliban. And uh, also here, uh, Taliban authorities in Afghanistan have arrested five men, including two Chinese nationals, for allegedly trying to smuggle out an estimated 1,000 metric tons of lithium-bearing rocks out of the country, reports Jihad Watch. CNN Politics reporting a U.S. military operation killed a senior ISIS leader and 10 members of the terror group in northern Somalia Wednesday. Two senior Biden administration officials uh, said on, well, yesterday they mentioned that. Okay, Washington Free Beacon, far-left Antifa rioters last Saturday rampaged through downtown Atlanta, smashing storefront windows, torching a police cruiser. Several agitators were armed with explosive devices that are used to destroy an Atlanta Police Department vehicle, according to Police Chief Darren Shirebaum. The anti-police rioters also damaged three businesses and threw rocks and fireworks at the Atlanta Police Foundation building. Police arrested six rioters, several who came from out of state. The chaos broke out after the far-left group, scenes from the Atlanta forest, called for a night of rage to carry out reciprocal violence against police. Uh, Townhall.com is reporting that uh, Chicago's crime rate is skyrocketing under Mayor Lori Lightfoot's wing, making the city one of the most dangerous places in the U.S., but... uh, She uh, claims that carrying cash is the reason for this crime epidemic and telling vendors on the street that they should not be doing cash transactions. They should be doing other forms of transactions uh, instead. Fox Business, do you think that'll take care of it? Uh, Fox Business reporting a downtown uh, Nike store shuttering its doors, marking an end to the storefront's decades-long presence in Seattle. A sharp spike in violence there and homelessness. Um, we understand also that there have been a number of stores closing down, shuttering. 
Starbucks, a Seattle Credit Union, host of local small businesses there as well. The Hill reporting, Chase Bank says it's going to begin closing some of their former 24-7 ATM vestibules at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. in the New York City area as a result of the rising crime and vagrancy in the city. Daily Caller telling us a Texas man released, listen to this, a Texas man was released on a $2 bail, $2 for bail, for allegedly choking and kidnapping his former girlfriend, was rearrested within days for continuing to threaten her. This is KHOU 11 that reported that. Aubrey Taylor arrested after allegedly holding his former girlfriend hostage, choking and terrorizing her. In Harris County, Texas, he was offered a $2 bond, $1 for each count during his court trial January 13th, rearrested January 18th for violating court orders and allegedly threatening the victim. Can you imagine that? A repeat offender accused of beating women getting a $1 bond? It's horrific. That was a statement from Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Twitter. Okay, let's uh, see. If, yeah, Memphis also, uh, CBN News reporting the public awaits the release of the police body cam footage that shows the January 7th pepper spraying and brutal assaults by Memphis police against Tyree Nichols. He died after the traffic stop. Memphis police are bracing for possible public outrage once the footage is released. After school events in the city were canceled in advance, his uh, Nichols' mother said she understands the footage is awful but does not want violence. The Daily Signal is reporting a Georgia police officer has resigned after he was told by superiors that he could not share his personal religious views on social media. Jacob Kersey, the former officer, told the Daily Signal of someone, if someone somewhere considers an opinion I have that isn't a direct quotation from Scripture to be offensive, then that would be a fireable offense. Kersey, 19, who began working last May at the Port Wentworth Police Department in a jurisdiction just outside Savannah, says everything was going well until the start of the new year. January 2nd posted a 20-word message about his view of marriage on Facebook. Here's what he wrote. God designed marriage. Marriage refers to Christ and the church, he wrote. Uh, And that's why there is no such thing as homosexual marriage. Well, the next day, he received a phone call from a supervisor who told him that someone had complained about his post and to take it down. He refused, and the supervisor warned him that failure to delete the Facebook post on marriage could result in his termination. He said he was then contacted by Lieutenant Justin Hardy, who told him that the Port Wentworth Police Department didn't want to be held liable in a use-of-force situation involving someone in the LGBTQ community. But he still refused to delete the post. So the police officer received a phone call later that day from the police department's major, Lee Sherrod, ordering him to come to the office the following morning, January 4th, and turn in everything that had not belonged to the city. When he arrived at the police station, the young officer met with Sherrod, uh, Hardy, Captain Nathan Jensen, and the police chief. He was told he was being placed on administrative leave while the city investigated to see if I could keep my job. He said, I decided to resign because I just didn't think it wise to go back and play their game. The way things went down, I didn't feel as if my command really had my back. Isn't that amazing? Posting about traditional marriage on his personal Facebook page, brought in, investigation, being placed on leave. He said, I'm out of here. I am out of here. Friend, just on this issue uh, as well, there's concerns that are what is also happening within the church and from the pulpits today as it relates to this matter of homosexuality and and uh, so forth. Uh, Andy Stanley has uh, been taken to task again for remarks on gays in the church. There is a clip of his that's making the rounds and causing a stir. Uh, it is a video clip from a conference that he had spoken at and has gone rather viral and... Uh, uh, here is from uh, the dissenter indicating that a clearly defined false teacher has faced a well-deserved backlash from conservative Christians for his unorthodox and deviant teachings on various issues and biblical interpretation. Well, we understand that uh, I'm going to play the remarks for you, let you judge for yourself, and uh, hear what Andy Stanley had proclaimed. Figure out how to get straight people. As excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. 
Well, I, I'm, a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay, men and women, okay? A gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place. I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father, who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? We got to figure this out. I think you are. Oh, I know the Leviticus. I know 1 Corinthians 6. I know Romans 1 and all that stuff. Folks, we got to get back again to the authority of God's word. We're in a, living in a generation of, yea, hath God said, instead of, thus saith the Lord. The Center Square is reporting that a Colorado baker will appeal a Thursday ruling by the State of a Court of Appeals, upholding that he violated an anti-discrimination law by refusing to create a cake celebrating a gender transition. This again, Jack Phillips, the Colorado baker, the owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop in Lakewood. It's the latest ruling in a 10-year conflict between him uh, and, and the state. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled in his favor back in 2018, a 7-2 decision when he refused to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. Well, what happens? They go back to file a lawsuit against him for having a cake that celebrates a, a, a gender transition, which he's not going to do. Be praying for Jack Phillips. Be praying for Alliance Defending Freedom, even as they appeal this case. Uh, boy. The clock is going so fast here this afternoon. Uh, let me just mention here, and by the way, let's open some phone lines. If you'd like to make a comment on these or other current event stories here, our number to cross talk, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. The College Fix is reporting that UW-Madison is hosting a trans vocal workshop. That's in response to Matt Walsh speaking on the campus. He had spoken there earlier. And uh, so now they have a workshop uh, they, uh, uh, scheduled for February 3rd. Uh, and uh, let's see, Chicago Voice Lessons uh, co-founder, Clinic the Voice Lab, according to the announcement, uh, based directly uh, responding to the growing need for visibility for trans, queer, and non-binary individuals, especially in the performing arts. And New York City has erected a satanic statue on city courthouse property to promote abortion. This new golden idol to abortion stands on top of a New York City courthouse this month, a reminder of the religiosity with which abortion activists defend the mass slaughter of babies in the womb. It's called the Now statue, hence at the satanic uh, a naked golden woman with braids fashioned into horns coming out of her head as she emerges from a, uh, from a pink lotus. Images used by Satanists and the Satanic Temple often depict Satan with goat-like horns. We'll come back with your comments after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Last Friday, I did something I've been wanting to do for many, many years, but just never took the time to do. I was speaking in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and I finally got to do it, and that is visit the home of President Andrew Jackson, the Hermitage. I find him to be a fascinating historical individual. He was our seventh president of the United States. 
In my book, Grave Influence, that I wrote in 2008 and came out in 2009, I gave a segment of his farewell address in which he warned about a central bank. As president, he did away with a central bank and warned America to never get a central bank ever again. That the bankers, due to their greed and corruption, would expand the money supply when it suited them and then contract it when it would protect their assets, having a ruinous effect upon America. He warned to never do this. We didn't listen. We got the Federal Reserve in 1913, and now look at where we're at. I'm Brandon House. It's a news roundup day here on Crosstalk. Be praying for the Mark Houck case that is in trial this week. This is the uh, pro-lifer that was arrested outside his home. It was uh, surrounded by heavy guns and the FBI uh, in front of his children, uh, supposedly for, uh, allegedly for uh, pushing a uh, uh, escort outside a, a, a clinic that was in his son's face with a very uh, g- gross and um, perverse language. And uh, that trial going on this very week, and uh, be praying for that trial underway. And also, just let me mention this, from CBN News, almost seven years after Canada passed an assisted suicide law, it's become the leader of the world in transplanted organs harvested from its citizens that it has assisted in killing. Troublesome story. Let's go to the phone lines here today on Crosstalk. Again, the number uh, is uh, toll-free, 800-733-9829. Let's uh, begin here. Uh, let's see. Let's begin with Alice in Arkansas. Alice, you're on the air. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. I would like to respond to the poor D.C. person that thinks that they can worship God if they have any other sin in their life as LGBTQ, because God, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You cannot be a Christian and live like that. It's impossible. Yeah, it it goes totally against his word. How can we say we we love God if we don't keep his commandments? We can't. And that's adultery, fornication. We've got to know what God thinks about things, not what man is doing right in their own eyes. What a horrible situation. America needs to repent. If only we would repent, then God could be for us. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Alice. Julie in Pensacola, Florida, you're on the air. Yeah, I just wanted to say that it grieves my heart to hear that Andy Stanley would speak that way because he grew up in a Christian home with the pastor as a father, and he ought to know better from the teaching that he received as a child. And, you know, I didn't have that as a child, and I came to know the Lord at 36 years old. And, you know, it just grieves my heart to hear someone that grew up with the Lord to behave like that, to speak like that. And here he is, an author, and he's teaching a lot of people the wrong thing. And he's telling us that we should learn from them and not from God. It makes me just want to have the Bible. That's it. Nothing, no other author just having the Bible. And, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of, of, of um, Joyce Meyer? You know, other people have told me that she's a good author. Is she really? Well, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I, there's a number of concerning issues uh, there as well, uh, Julie, and... Uh, Though we don't have time to delve into those matters here, uh, there are a number of websites that have examined her teaching and would exert, you know, just exhort you to to do some further digging in into that uh, topic there, and uh, become fully aware. Mark in Monroe, you're on the air. Yes, um, I think Adam Schiff's illustrious political career can be best summed up as yet another whiff for Adam Schiff, and. Uh, a brief comment about uh, the classified documents. In my opinion, I really don't think they're that uh, serious of checking into uh, um, Obama's uh, possible um, having anything uh, in his possession. I think they rather uh, bring the attention of Reagan, even though that's been so many years ago. So mm-hmm. that's my comment. Okay, thank you so much. Caller, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, uh, regarding the presidential documents and so on, and the vice presidential, they should look into Obama's homes and offices and businesses and condos 
regarding secret documents, along with uh, John Brennan, the head of the CIA, who was an avowed Muslim since 1971, and Henry Kissinger, he was a uh, presidential advisor. They should look into those places as well. And I appreciate you taking the call. Barry in Tennessee, you're on the air. Yes, Jim. Um, concerning the man that was talking about saying that homosexuals aren't accepted in the church and they can worship and God accepts all that, but God, listen, God does not accept any of that. God will not accept any worship. He won't listen to your prayers. He won't listen to anything until you ask him to forgive and repent and turn from your wicked ways. And he says he knows about Romans 1. No, he doesn't know about Romans 1. If he did, he'd realize, realize that he's part of the problem right now, that's, and that's what Paul said. Yeah, he's discounting Romans 1, discounting 1 Corinthians 6, discounting what the book of Leviticus says. So, exactly. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, Mark in Newark, Ohio, you're on the air. I got a question. Is that Charles Stanley any relation? Yes, it would be his son. Oh, okay. But well, then, then uh, he that, better get on his son and tell him the truth about what he's talking about, because there are rules that God set down for us to face, and they are in Romans and Leviticus. Now, I don't know what he's talking about, but uh, he's 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 talking trash, basically. And people better understand that if he's following that doctrine, run from him as far as you can, get a hold of his dad, and tell him what he is doing, because he's going to ruin his reputation about being a true Christian if his son is doing this. Well, yeah, he has an adult son who's been in the ministry, the pastorate, I should say, for a number of years, so I'm I'm confident that uh, he's uh, well familiar with uh, what's what's taking place here. But thank you for the call. Uh, we've got uh, John next in Lance, Michigan. John, you're on the air. Yes, hello. Uh, the church, I don't know, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, some of the churches, I mean. There's a church here in Lance. They have their gay pride flag up. It's like you're trying to go for 1% of the population, and you're turning off the other 99%. And it's like, you know, tolerance, I guess it only goes one way. I was going to say, too, uh, climate change has replaced global warming. The uh, windfall, uh, the wind, the windmill broke down in uh, Wisconsin. I hope we all survive. Um, and last week they had the thing on the pro-life match uh, march in Washington for a few seconds. I think it was forty-seven seconds. And they're not pro-life people; they are anti-choice activists. And that's my story. And thank you for your programming. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. The the uh, uh, correct political speak is so very, very critical. Friends, the clock says we're out of time, and we thank you for joining us here today on Crosstalk and all this week. A number of stories uh, put together in our news roundup here, and thanks to our team here, uh, Sandy, who's been uh, putting so many stories together for us, uh, carrying out the phones today, and, and uh, Dennis in the control room, and our full team here. We so appreciate our staff. And friends, thank you for tuning into Crosstalk. By the way, the Lord's Day is coming up. And can I encourage you to be in a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing local church. God bless you. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.